talk about the four most vital things in my view affecting all of humanity. Number one is UFOs and aliens and their agenda for the advancement of humanity. Number two is the Jewish establishment's control over all aspects of human civilization. Number three, the truth about Adolf Hitler, how he was the opposite of what we've been told. Number four is advanced ancient global civilizations. Join me on the Brian Rue Show Tuesday nights from 6 to 8 on Studio B on Revolution Radio. The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus o deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator, every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative media radio on the planet. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener-supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Hardcore research and endless rabbit holes can start to wear on anyone. False flags, government corruption, mainstream media lies. It's a battle for humanity that we all must join. Now most people may think this leaves no time for the things they enjoy in life. I believe we can do both. So join me while we analyze music, movies, and more to uncover their occulted messages and meanings, allowing us to still learn while we all decompress. I am your host, Crypt Rick. Welcome, everybody. It is another episode of Crypt Rick's The Decompression Hour. This is the hour you guys all know very well by now that I like to just, you know, talk about things that interest me and I look into a great deal, like definitely in music, as you guys have heard me say in the past, and movies. And lately, documentaries that I've been checking out. So these are things uh, on certain topics that uh, I just really enjoy looking into and I like uh, discussing. So uh, sometimes you got to put down the really hardcore stuff, and at least for an hour, and kind of uh, talk about other things. So I'm really enjoying talking about documentaries the last few weeks. You guys definitely know that last week I was talking about The Hunt for Skinwalker, which I was letting you guys know. And I also said that I was watched on the same evening a documentary called A Gray State, which was on Netflix. And you can still find it if you search around on the Internet. And that is on the David Crowley case. And I'm sure some of you guys that are listening, uh, if you've ever even looked at any of the interviews on my YouTube channel, will see that that is some of the first interview. It is the first interviews I did was with people who were looking into this case and uh, definitely don't believe what the... Uh, official story is that was put out about David Crowley and his family. So this is a, definitely a case that I've been looking at for a lot of years, have and heard a lot of people speak about. And so I just figured that I would get somebody on that today to talk that I know has been looking into this case for a few years now very deeply uh, and at the evidence in that. So I'm hoping, you know, that if people that are listening have not looked into this case, definitely uh, – Start looking into it if you're into like looking into these uh, types of cases. Very interesting. 
a lot of moving parts in it and it will definitely when you start looking into it it just starts leading to more and more questions at least it did for me so uh, and this documentary that came out on a and he was supposed to you know answer all these questions and prove that david did it and i find that it did everything but that and kind of uh, make me have even more questions and just didn't sit right with me during this documentary so I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest this week, Sophia Allen. How are you there, Sophia? Are you with me? Uh, Hello? Yes, I am. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. Not a problem. Welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to come and chat with me this evening. Thank you for asking me to join you. Oh, awesome. Well, I've interviewed you before for my YouTube channel. I know you're very passionate about this case, and you do a lot of research with a lot of other people that are doing a lot of research. As people know, Greg Fernandez Jr., who I've had on both of my shows, and we actually did talk about the Crowley case on one of my first shows. And I know there's Catherine Michelle that's diving. She has a YouTube channel. She, You and her are digging into a lot of things. And so I figured, because I saw this, doc so-called documentary on uh last week i watched it again i wanted to see because i haven't watched it for a long time sophia so i want to give it see if it how it would sit with me when i watched it again and mm -hmm. i got it actually left me with the same feeling i got when i watched it all the other times and i probably watched it a total of five or six times now and it left me with the same feeling that it just really did not sit well with me because i didn't like the way they steered this documentary and i really hope people will check this documentary out to, if you haven't and because i like to hear what people think after they see it and especially when they start looking into the case and for me i just this documentary did not answer any really any questions that i thought it would it was totally not what i was expecting and the ending really was jarring to me that they i don't they, i was talking about that before we went live like i don't understand the ending what they were trying to kind of like wrap it up really quickly in that so i want just if maybe you can do this for everybody who hasn't heard of the david crowley case can you give them a quick uh like just let people know what this case is about and kind of like just let people give people a broad uh like kind of like what it's all about and where people sit with it and stuff like that sure absolutely uh david crowley uh and his uh wife and five-year-old daughter were found deceased in January uh, 2015. Now, before they were found deceased, he was in the process of selling his documentary and, excuse me, selling his movie, uh, The Gray State. And you could find these trailers all on YouTube, which... Uh, this is kind of like a uh, end of days for the United States. Right. New World Over movie. takes over. Martial mm -hmm. law takes over. Right. The, the elites, the Illuminati, all of it jumbled together. And the trailers look amazing. But the movie was never completed. Um, he has several scripts that we have been able to get a hold of. And mm -hmm. they're located um, on David, uh, excuse me, on Greg Fernandez's uh, website, which is called the Gray Stage um, WordPress.com. Right. And you could also find it on Facebook, which would be um, the Justice for David Crowley and Family. And it's a group. There's also a Facebook page, but um, we're more active in the group. Right. And we can direct you to the scripts. We can direct you to the documentary, which, by the way, the documentary is located on Discovery Plus. Okay, And perfect. you can watch it there. You can also watch it on, I believe it's BitChute for free. Um, they have the, the documentary and they also have the, um, the Gray Stage, The Rise. So, oh, right. Yes, that's interesting, too. You can find that on YouTube if you dig. Yes, <laughs> you got to kind of really dig, dig and yeah, play with the words a little bit I have in the search. You can actually pull it out. Right. I've got both versions of the rise, the the un, like the unfinished and then the finished one. And the rise is a really long docu documentary that yep. David was working on, and he was supposed to release it for free for the world. 
on January 1st, 2015, but it was mm-hmm. never released. Right. Well, officially released. Right. And um, so David had flown to Hollywood in May and then again in July, I believe. And July was where the contract was given to him by Mike's Entertainment. I believe it was Mike's Entertainment or something. Yep, the Mike's. And yep. and uh, they were just going back and forth, negotiating the contract up until his death. And there is some some discussion. Uh, arguments even in regards to whether or not David walked away from this contract. But the information that we we have received from Apple Valley, especially the newest information shows that David did not walk away from this contract. It was for $30 million. Uh, They wanted, instead of doing an actual movie, they wanted to do a uh, limited time series, I think, on FX. Okay. I, I think cool. that's... It was either FX or AMC, whichever one had um, Sons of Anarchy. Because, FX, yeah. You're okay. right, FX. Yeah. Yes. Ah, good series, by the way. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were... Um, since that was ending... They were really feeling that they could fill that void with this type of series. Mm-hmm. And so David was excited about it. We have his journal where he discusses that he's excited about doing the series. And he wrote, I think, the the premiere in the first episode. And then he sent it off. But uh, as far as we know... It, it just it stops right there. We don't get anything else. Right. Uh, the journal actually ends um, either November 5th or November 7th. Yep. And, um, but it really gives you a good insight into David's world. Um, some of the stuff that you'll see in the documentary is that there was marijuana left open. It was in like a Ziploc bag. And then they had like a grinder that had been left open on the dresser. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And honestly, there's a lot of banter back and forth in regards to this because David's autopsy reports and Camille's autopsy reports show that they didn't have drugs in their system. Right. So where why was there marijuana on the dresser then? Right, now, that, he, that's the problem with this case, though, Sophie, is that as soon as you start diving into it, things right away don't start making sense. At least for me, they didn't. And yeah. I thought with this documentary that it was going to, I was under the impression this was going to, like, answer all the questions that people like you and I had. Like, it was going to kind of tie everything up, and we it would be that aha moment where we were like, okay, now they, they've kind of made a, a case for it. And for me, it was anything but that. And just so people know, if they don't know anything about David Crowley, he is a he was a veteran. So uh, that's I think people should know that. I think a lot of people that are listening probably have heard of the case because, as I said, I've had Greg on. Um, mm-hmm. We did cover two hours about it, and we talked a lot about it. And I've actually covered it, kind of touched on it in other conversations with people. So I'm hoping people do know a little bit about David Crowley. And if you haven't, please look into what we're. Uh, where Sophia said to go and check out the the documentary and then start diving into it. Because I know for you that even, like, when you saw the documentary, was that the first exposure you had to the case? No. uh, I had actually seen a couple articles, like, on um, Breitbart and Fox. Okay, right. Right after their bodies were discovered. And, you know, I was kind of awake at that time. Uh, in 2015, it wasn't really until 2016 and 17 that I really started waking up to what was really going on in the world. Mm-hmm. But at that time, there was a lot of, okay, I'm going to say it. 
there was a lot of Clinton people that were kind of mysteriously ending up dead. There was also a lot of holistic doctors and uh, practitioners that were ending up dead, too, in 2014 mm-hmm. and 2015. That's true. Now, Kamel was a dietitian. And she had claimed to have healed her daughter's uh, leaky gut and her autism. Mm -hmm. That's true. And she went public with that uh, with another person. Um, She was posting about it publicly. And that was one of the things that these natural practitioners, you know, they were trying to work with autistic patients and stuff. And all of a sudden they would just end up dead. You know, yeah, I remember lots that. of suicides and strange deaths. Mm-hmm. And so I just, my first thought was, oh, there's another one. And, you know, I, I forgot about it until the documentary came out. And I watched that documentary. And halfway through it, I knew I was being lied to. And that was the first time I had ever felt that way in a documentary. It just, it leaves you with this feeling and you feel yucky about it. Mm -hmm. You feel like you are being lied to and led down this path that, I mean, they're telling you what to believe and they're not shy about it. And you can't, basically at the end, I was just like, oh, I got to look this group up. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah i was the and same way when i saw that documentary that's what i was trying to explain it's a weird feeling that you get at least for me and you when you watch mm-hmm. it and it's a hard thing to explain and that's a good it, it just leaves you with this really sick feeling yeah, at the end of it yeah. like and i was just like and then after I, and i've watched it many times as i as i said earlier i've watched it many times because i'm like okay and then i'll go back to it after a few months i'll be like okay i got you know a little time to kill i'm gonna mm-hmm. watch it again maybe i missed something and then i just they, they definitely are steering you down a path they want you to believe. It's not like they're trying to show a couple different sides or even show really the evidence. They're kind of not even – they're skimming across things, not telling people you certain things, and then leading you down this path that yeah. is really, like, disturbing the way that they kind of covered it. I don't, I, I don't know how they looked at this documentary and thought, oh, yeah, this is going to solve it. <laughs> like, this is going to show them. I don't know how they uh-huh. thought that. That's what they told everybody. They even wrote it like in their posts and comments to people asking questions. And they're like, don't worry, this documentary will answer all your questions and everything. They were very (laughs) secure in that. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. You know, I'm just. Yeah. I I mean. Yeah. It was definitely. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Watch it in small increments because it overwhelming to yeah. your senses yeah uh, yeah the ending's still jarring to me as i was saying mm-hmm. earlier too that that ending just and then you were kind of telling me off air like the ending that they wanted to go to and then the fact that camille's family was supposed to be in this documentary and then at the last minute they saw the way the documentary was going and then said they didn't want to be part of it i think is very telling i think that they right. were kind of i to me that is it just is like if this was a what what they thought or they thought was leading people in the right direction or explained anything, you would think that they would want to be a part, get their say, and let people know and and have their say. But the the ask the people that are doing this documentary to pull all of their uh, parts out of it, and then they kind and you could tell the ending. I think that's probably what you were saying. Like they had this way they wanted to end it, and then at the last minute, their parts they wanted to no part of it, so they had to rush this ending. And that's what that's what I feel like for the ending. That's a great way to put it. It was rushed. Like they were all mm-hmm. suddenly they we gotta finish, we gotta end this movie somehow. Well, let's slap a dog at the end of it and, and some happy music. That'll make that'll make people feel better. That's how I felt when I see it and, at the end. And let me explain a little bit about the ending because. Uh, when David's okay, the family that is in this documentary is the father and the brother, and then they have friends, mm-hmm. supposed friends, good all friends. that had worked. Good yeah, friends, <laughs> totally, totally good friends. You know, such yeah. good friends that David was so sick of them, <laughs> and he writes about it in his journal. 
<laughs> yep. But uh, so they're all saying that David had PTSD and he snapped at the end and went crazy because the script took him to a deep, dark place. Mm-hmm. And you read the last script that he wrote, which was the 2014 script. And it's not deep and dark that they're trying to sell you in yep. this documentary. It's nothing like the trailer. Like that's yeah. the one thing I, cause I read both script. I've read everything I get my hands on. So I have the scripts, the journal. I've looked at all the, I have all like, it's so much stuff for this case. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it when I started looking into the evidence and, and actually getting accumulating the evidence. And I like having physical copies because I like to be able to go outside and read or take it with me if I want to look through stuff. So I didn't realize how much printing I would be doing yeah, and yeah. especially the scripts. But the, that's the one thing I can that I found really shocking was the trailer that you would see on YouTube is nothing like the final script. That's for sure. Correct. Um, so. it, it's quite different. And yep. I think a lot of his supporters would have been a little upset about that. Yeah. But uh, they also were saying that he had PTSD from the military. Mm-hmm. And this man was going to the gun range and doing tactical exercises and uh, reenacting Yep. Stuff. Uh, they they had groups of people that were doing these uh, tactical exercises, and then he's he's writing this movie that has warlike simulations, and he's filming it and and everything. Yeah. If this man had the PTSD, that would cause him to snap and kill his family because of this script I don't think he would have been able to get as far as he did right and he's been writing it since I think 2010 2011 yeah. so for quite a few years he was writing it and then and, yeah, if you do see the trailer he was there it was great it was pretty graphic what there is in that trailer oh, and yes. I've also seen on YouTube some interviews that he did um like and some scenes that he was kind of giving people updates and showing like clips that he was shooting and stuff like that and like different scenes that he was kind of and like it was like you said it was very graphic like I just don't and he was never diagnosed with PTSD correct like there's never been anyone that's diagnosed him in medical field that said he had it as far as we are aware he was never diagnosed right. or even saw anybody for it mm-hmm. you're right and, I haven't seen anything either yeah, as far as we're aware. I think if he was, the police would have written that in their police reports, but mm-hmm. they did not. Right. Yeah. So uh, the one thing, yeah. Go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. The one thing that they did write was that he um, was not sleeping and that he, no, that's not, that was the fake document. <laughs> By the way, folks. Make sure that you have the real document. <laughs> yeah, there's a fake one floating around. Yes. Uh, somebody decided to write up a fake one to convince other people that he was guilty. So yeah. that's not yeah. suspicious at all. <laughs> well, that's um, the thing about this case is that when you start looking into it, I thought I thought when I first started looking into it, I was like, okay, when I start diving into the actual police reports and the medical reports and I look at all everything the journal I want to get everything anything I could get on the case I wanted to get it and look into it and then as, as I started reading the medical reports and the police reports I started getting that's where all my questions started coming from mm-hmm. and it's like right from the start you start seeing whole like a lot of things that make I think any normal person would question like why like why did they not do certain things why did they do certain things and I and I'm I just want to apologize to the people listening I mean to try to have me and Sophia cover this in an hour it's such a big case you have to start kind of like start at the beginning and do your own research and watch you know anything you can on it and try and then go to uh, Greg's site and all the information's there all this everything is very transparent on there everything that you can find that they can find at least that's been released or they've got is on that site. And I'll get Sophie to let people know at the end again, where to go and you can find everything you need and to do your own 
start diving into it yourself. And I noticed right from the start that I was starting to get more. That's where I, all my questions started really coming from was because they were doing certain things that didn't make sense and not doing certain things that didn't make sense. It was really, it's a weird case when you dive into it. Yes, it is. And that's why a lot of people think that it's a false flag. Right. And I mean, we've even had some people question whether or not they're alive or dead. I mean, Lord knows I've, I've questioned it. And it's only because things don't add up. I've looked at other cases where the police reports follow along with the crime scene photos. Everything makes sense. And you read these police reports and you're confused. Oh, that's for sure. (laughs) And you look at the photos and you're like, wait a minute, these photos aren't lining up with what's written down or the, the graphics that they draw, the diagrams. And so that's where a lot of questions come in because there's so many discrepancies. Right. And then you have the BCA, which um, is the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, basically the ones that come in the crime scene team. Mm-hmm. They come in and as they're taking photos, they're moving the evidence around and which is a big no-no yeah and (laughs) they've moved the bodies before the me even gets there and i'm like wait a minute everything that i've learned and i've been reading about and crime scene investigations and stuff like that says you don't touch the body you don't move the evidence not until the detectives are there, not until the ME is there. You know, there's there's certain things that you just do not do. Yeah. And they're doing it. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people could, like were through that scene before they should have been allowed to go even in there. I think a lot Absolutely. of and things were being moved and that that's just you can tell that by the photos. That's not just us saying it. And you got we should let people know that there was a, a dog there too, their dog paleo. Yes. And yes. this, he gets blamed for everything. This dog has done everything. I'm surprised that they haven't kind of linked to him pulling the trigger somehow. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard, and I've just had people say, like, they blame everything on the dog. And you know, as well as anyone that might have watched any of my interviews, I have talked to a vet because I wanted to get just a vet's opinion. I didn't tell him anything really about the case. I just wanted to, I told him about the conditions of the bodies and anything that had to do with the dog. And I wanted to find out just if a dog the size of Paleo, which was probably, I called him a medium-sized dog. Um, I wouldn't call him small or big. He was kind of medium, but I've had people argue with me on that one too. But I'm only going by what I saw in pictures. I can't really get a good, I don't know his big, you know, exact size. So I said medium. And the vet, even the vet kind of was leaning towards the dog could do a lot of what, I said the body, the condition of the bodies, but it, I mean, there, there's a lot riding on this dog apparently mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of blood. At, there's to me, there's never been enough blood there. And I've had people, I, and all this guys uh, they are listening. This has all been argued and you're going to have people tell you that there's enough blood there. All of these points that I'm making, so if you're making are argued, usually a lot of, some people don't agree with this, but a lot of people do agree with what we're seeing too. And I, and I have to be just honest that, that I don't see enough blood there for one thing. And I don't see, there's a lot I don't see. And then, and then what I do see is a lot of staging that yeah. is, it's just crazy. The amount, if David did do this, the amount of work that he put in the staging, all of this. And I, and then I don't understand why he would do the staging that he did. So, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? Like, where are you sitting with it? I just get, I just have so many questions at this point and i just can't let the dog take the accountability for everything i totally agreed like and it gets graphic but we can talk about that here that the conditions of the bodies um there was a there is kamel's hands were missing david's right hand was missing ronya's left arm correct me if i'm wrong it might have been her what arm was or kamel uh, ronya's was missing uh left or right uh Oh, I think it was the right arm. I think so too. That's where I'm leaning to. Sorry, guys, it's just a lot to remember. Yeah, and so and then also their um, Camel, yeah, their yeah, and then a couple of heads were missing. So that's why I went to the vet and asked him if a dog could do this type of damage. He seemed to think that he could, 
and so I, I mean, where are you sitting with this? I, I, cause I, I did talk to the vet and he kind of, like he, he said it could be done. And I, I'm just going by what he said. So don't blame chew my head off. I just went to the vet and asked him if a dog that size could do that type of damage. And I even mm-hmm. asked him about the blood because I said there wasn't enough blood there. And he seemed to think that the dog could have maybe cleaned up a lot of the blood. But I, I, I have trouble with even what he said just by because I've seen the photos. So where you sit with all this? Well, let's discuss the blood first. Um, or the lack of it. <laughs> yeah, the lack of it. Uh, you will see blood in some of the crime scene photos, and that is on the wall, mm-hmm. uh, several of the walls, um, and you'll see it on the wooden floors. But you're, the only thing that you see on the carpet is uh, decomp, and the right. bodies were moved. You can tell that they were because you see the decomp, and then, well, anyway, uh, we don't make that picture public. But, um, right. Then, uh, but what you're seeing on the floors and the walls is medium velocity blood. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's no mention of them being beaten or stabbed in uh, the police reports or the autopsies. The only thing that was mentioned is that there was four gunshot wounds, mm-hmm. and that's it. So there should be high velocity blood spatter. And that's where there's a lack of is there's no high velocity gun spatter whatsoever in that crime scene. And feel free to look at those crime scene photos and then Google what medium velocity is compared to high velocity. You're even going to see passive blood drops um, in the kitchen and mixed along with the blood uh, the medium velocity blood spatter. It, right. It's the weirdest crime scene ever. So, yeah. I agree. And, I agree. And then with the dog, the dog is blamed for eating these, eating the bodies. And mm-hmm. they were saying that he was starving. But right there in two of the crime scene photos, you see a bag and a half, a huge bag and a half, of dog food sitting right there on the floor, easy access. He doesn't destroy these bags to get to them to eat. And, you yeah, know, he they're, even, they're he didn't never touch mentioned. Them. Yeah, they're yeah. never mentioned. He didn't touch them. And that, I found that weird um, yeah. for sure. And I asked a vet about it. I'm being honest. I did ask him and he was kind of saying that he would be more drawn to the bodies because of the scent of blood. And I, and and so he tried to, and if you can, like I said, you can go to Catherine Michelle. She asked me, uh, I did an interview with her. She asked me about what Mm -hmm. the, we talked about what the vet told me and I'm just reporting what the vet, I I recorded the interview and then I wrote down what he told me. So, but I still, I, I still think even, I even told the vet that I still think he would have tried to get to the food. I just, that's what I think. And I, he, as you said, they he he's responsible for a lot. People are blaming him for. Yeah, a lot, and uh, so That's strange. I did speak with a vet um, back at the end of December. And what did they say and for you? For me, my vet, uh, I kind of approached it a little differently than you did, um, only because I was just trying to feel my way to see where they were. Right. And I asked about the raw diet because that is what some people are claiming, you know, that the raw diet, they don't need to, dogs don't need to drink as much water and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and they're considering paleo eating bodies as the raw diet, which I'm sorry, that's just not okay. Right. But uh, I had asked about that because I have a dog. And she was like, oh, no, 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 please do not put your dog on this. Because she's had people bring in their dogs where they, um, home pets, household domesticated dogs, do not have the enzymes in their stomachs to break down foodborne illnesses like wild animals do and wild dogs. And so they could sit there and eat 
an animal's carcass for days on end and not get sick. Whereas a regular dog that's been domesticated and is being fed dry food or canned food will get sick. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually, our dog did get sick in January from bones. We, because I just assumed that he could eat these bones for weeks on end. Yeah, and he's then a dog, he, got, he can eat bone. <laughs> yeah, People and, think and that, then yeah. he, yeah, he got a foodborne illness from it. And yeah, I see. I asked dead. my vet that too because I said, like, would there be bone if he ate all? Like, this is a lot of bone this dog had to eat supposedly in three weeks. And if people mm-hmm. didn't know, this is a there. And there's even discussion about how long the bodies were there. Uh, people are argue, some people think longer, some people shorter. But I told the vet three weeks, and I said, like, and then when you know how much they're blaming that he ate all the bodies, it's a lot of bone. And the first thing my vet asked was, well, they must have tested the dog feces because there would definitely be bone in the feces if he's eating that much bone and i said no they never tested it he did find that weird because he said why would they not test it just to confirm it like why leave that open like that's a big part of the case he's a responsible for supposedly eating off of all these bodies like test the feces there's bone in it it matches the dna of whoever and they can do this the vet said they can test it lay lock down the dna of who whose bone he was eating on or if it was all three and they never tested that i find that very strange and the search warrants that they got for that very first day did cover that. They could have collected the feces at the crime scene and had that tested, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Well, a lot of things weren't tested. That's another thing that bothers me. Is yes. that certain, like it's and I know and I do know from doing other research that they don't they they do take more samples than they usually test. But mm-hmm. and like they always have extra that they're like, OK, we didn't test everything. But I think that's normally because they got so much evidence already with what they tested. There's no really point to to test all of it because they've already got enough with the, what they've done. But with this case, which I find weird is there is some uh, test that they're doing where there's an unknown DNA source and they never look into that. Can you explain that a little bit? Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy, DNA. guys. Yeah, it's crazy when you start diving into it. Yeah, uh, for instance, like Rania's bullet that was found two days later, I believe. Right. Uh, and it then had a rolled... bullet 30 days later in the seal. Yeah, we should let people know that there was two bullets that were found after they first went through. So I'll let you explain that after we go through. Sorry, I'm just kind of jumping ahead. But, yes, go sure. ahead. Yeah, uh, that was rolled out of the carpet when the crime scene cleaners were there. Mm -hmm. And so when that was tested, only Rania's blood showed up as one of the main contributors. But then they had two to three unknown DNA sources that also came through. But David and Kamel were ruled out. That's, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Yep. Uh, also, if you look through the DNA reports, which are located in the group, or they are also on Greg's website, uh, David's cell phone. Only Camille's blood was on that cell phone, and mm-hmm. only her DNA showed up, whereas it's David's cell phone. His DNA should be all over that. Right. You would think. So, I mean, yeah, if they tested my phone right now, my phone would have my DNA all over it. Correct. <laughs> like, I'm, it's always in my hand. I'm always working, like, using it, looking things. Like, um, I was on my phone, so my DNA should be all over it. And then another thing that bothered me was the gun. There was not enough prints on the gun for of him. Like, that's another. Let people know about the gun. It's strange. The gun. Okay, so... The gun on the outside, it doesn't have his DNA <laughs> or, fan- or fingerprints. But <laughs> the magazine that is on the inside has his blood, number one. And it has several fingerprints, but they were inconclusive to David's because they're, they're pretty, it's, they're layered. Right. And so, but the only injury to David was the gunshot wound supposedly that killed him at the end? Mm-hmm. So and how, how did the blood? His... Yeah, 
How did it get on the mm-hmm. clip? It doesn't make sense. I even talked to a gunsmith because my friend's a gunsmith, and he, I, I told him how the blood was on. There was some blood on the clip, and he's like, "That makes no sense." Like right. if he shot himself, it's not going to get on the clip. He's like, "It doesn't. It just wouldn't on the outside of the clip. It doesn't work that way." So he right. found that really strange. And then I and I and I sorry, I'm kind of jumping quickly ahead, Sophia, only because we have an hour. I mean, of I would course. I could sit and talk to you for three hours about this and let people know. I'm hoping that people are listening have actually looked into this case, or we're going to spark them enough their interest because we do need people looking, new people looking into this, and looking at the evidence and you know adding their what they think because I think the more people that are trying to show that David didn't do this is what is going to help get this case maybe reopened and move along. The the things that bother me, Sophia, that I've always said about this case are the the bullet that was there was a bullet found in the floor. And then mm-hmm. there was a bullet found 30 days later in the ceiling that apparently all the crime investigators, all the police, everybody that went over it, they, and they go over a crime scene like that with a fine-tooth comb. Uh, they have to. That's their job. And they miss a bullet in the ceiling. That Those two bullets have always bothered me. And it uh, wasn't just the police that missed it, but the crime scene cleaners, too, right. that yeah. were there two days later. Yep. It wasn't reported until a month after the bodies were found and it is just happened to be the one that killed David strictly coincidence (laughs) except it didn't have his blood on it right and a lot of people are arguing that it (laughs) it still had his DNA on it and that's another debate I've heard people have that you know it did have his DNA on it and it Mm -hmm. it, and I'm just like okay but it doesn't say blood DNA yeah because DNA is much more than blood Exactly. No hair on it. There was no, and I asked my friend who is a gunsmith and I said, I've said this in other interviews that Mm -hmm. he was wondering if there was hair matted in with it because he said like they would definitely, that bullet would grab something. Like it would grab stuff when it goes through the skull, which is, you know, graphic, but it's true. It would be grabbing people. Yeah, it's hollow point. And mushrooms out, it grabs stuff and it collects it. And he, I said, no, there was nothing like that. No hair, no, no tissue, nothing. It was yeah. just, and he's like, that's straight. Like, me and my friend who doesn't know, he knew nothing about the case. I was just asking him. I asked people if they know about a certain part, like the vet or a gunsmith or something. I asked them parts pertaining to it just to get their opinion. And I let them know what the evidence is. And they, he found that very strange that there was nothing there. Yeah. Um, they, they had done a presumptive test on it and it showed no blood on it whatsoever. And their description of this bullet was, pretty clean. The only thing that they found on it was white plaster mm-hmm. from when it went through the ceiling and into the attic. So that's from the drywall. Wow. Yeah, I, that, that, that bullet bothers me. It really does. I know a lot of people that they seem to think, oh, they maybe just missed it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't buy that. I just don't. Yeah, I don't buy it either. Honestly, I think that it was uh, added to the mm-hmm. crime scene afterwards. And hear me out here, folks, because a lot of people are like, well, how did they steal the gun from the storage facility that the police had put it in? They didn't need to steal it because they didn't match that bullet up to the gun. They matched that bullet up to a bullet fragment that was found at the crime scene. And that bullet fragment poorly matched up to the gun Mm -hmm. they couldn't get a decent match and so they never said that david's bullet which is item 57 matched to item one which was the gun right and that's what people don't seem to understand who want to argue this fact with us Right. That's what I was saying yeah. earlier. Like there, a lot of people argue all the points we're making. And, and I, and I think, you know, asking questions about stuff is great if it's for the right reasons and you're trying to have an honest discussion about it. But mm-hmm. there's points where that it's just, I mean, it's just, it, there's a lot that doesn't make sense. And all the questions I got, as I've told you, Sophia, is, is when I did start reading the police report and the medical, all the stuff I was starting to read, I was keeping a list of questions, and I had more questions than I ever did watching the documentary, just by what they didn't didn't do for this crime scene. Like, because well, let's check in the time here. I know that we only got yeah, so we got about another ten minutes. So 
let's kind of bump ahead here, and then I'm, maybe mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll have you on, we'll get everybody on and have a, a, a longer show. Maybe I'll get you on on a Monday where we have a couple hours because I feel like we are jumping ahead. But I just want – I'm trying to go in from the angle that people that have looked into this case or at least heard of it, listened to my show – heard it or some of my interviews they kind of got a grasping of it have you guys i know you guys are still looking into this that you and Catherine are definitely digging into it you guys are doing a lot of good work on uh doing uh like doing videos and stuff on Catherine's channel on youtube so are you guys uncovering anything new or or strange things uh recently and that you can talk about or that you want to talk about uh or do you want to wait? That's cool, too. We have to wait only because these presentations have been made already. And uh, there's quite a few bombshells. Oh, perfect. And, and so they'll be on Catherine Michelle's YouTube channel. Yes. Eventually. And then Greg uh, burns them and or whatever he does. He he copies them and he'll play them on his channel, too. OK, so perfect. that is the gray stage uh, on YouTube. And then yep. Catherine is Catherine Michelle with one L. Yep. And she's on YouTube also. And we have quite a few videos all together. And uh, feel free to check us out. Oh, for sure. And some new, apparently, some new stuff that you guys are, are going to be presenting, which is very cool. That, yes. Because you guys are like, that's, you guys, like you, Greg, and Kat, like Catherine, the guys are, you guys have really dug deep into this case like especially you i know you've put a lot of work into going over everything and diving really deep into it and i think that that's what's needed in this case to be honest i just i think there's so much that's not answered and i and i just feel that way and i keep i try to stay in the middle i've said that from day one everybody that listens to me knows that i say that that i try to stay and i want i do want to hear uh, evidence for both sides like I, I want I don't and but I'm still way leaning that he didn't do it just because of, of all the questions I have for that don't make any sense and when I look at the all the evidence and you start digging in the photos and the reports as you were saying they just nothing adds up like it should and so I I, and I don't I just can't see the what they're spinning as being the truth I just I don't see it yeah I just don't think yeah. he did I, I I don't think he did it I don't see anything that leads me to believe he did it. And you can't just say he snapped one day. You can't, there has to be some proof for that. You can't just say it. Yeah, I agree. And some people are very happy to blame an innocent man, but I just, I, you know, like I said, I have questioned whether or not they are dead because of so many things that were done and not done with this case. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the photos that I've seen of the bodies shows that there are three bodies that were yep. in that living room. So who did the staging? Who left those bodies there? And why do all of this? I mean, was this some type of a, supposed to a documentary that was supposed to be for red flag laws or gun grabbing or, or what, because, you know, he's a veteran. Mm -hmm. He served in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, He has, he's a filmmaker. He was a libertarian. Uh, He was married to, an individual who came over from Pakistan and was Pakistani. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's so many things that they could have done red flags about, you know, to, for gun laws. Right. This, this documentary was created in 2016, right when the 2020 election was going on. And if many people remember Hillary Clinton wasn't supposed to lose. Mm -hmm. You're right. And I really believe she would have continued to do what Barack Obama was doing. And that was uh, gun control and gun grabbing. Now, I don't even own a gun. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm not a fanatic here. <laughs> I'm just saying this is what was going on. And so maybe maybe this was created to get that ball rolling because it came out at the end of December. The election was that November and everything. So that was right before the swearing in in January, right before Congress and the Senate got their new individuals into office and, and sworn in. So who knows what they had on the docket if Hillary Clinton had won? Mm-hmm. I know that when Biden was sworn in and all the new Congress members and Senate members that were sworn in came in January, they had between 15 and 21 bills for gun controls. Oh, yeah. They've, that's an agenda they've been after for a while. Yep. For sure. Like that. And if you're being anyone's being honest, you, you can see it that that's what they're trying to do. They definitely are trying to disarm the America. America. Yeah, definitely. And I know they're doing it where I live in Canada. Like they, you know, you can get guns here, but they don't make it easy. That's for sure. Like, and it's definitely, and you can't get a lot of the guns that you guys, like the stuff you guys can get in the U S we can't get here at all. Like we just can't. And if if you even want a gun in Canada, you've got to, they make it expensive now and they make it hard, you know, time consuming because a way of deterring people, right? They and I, so I agree. And it's a it's a strange case, guys. I'm really like I, I wish, like as Sophia said, there's so many unanswered questions. And when you start, at least for me, when I started looking and diving into the evidence and looking through all the reports and and even the journal and getting an idea of where David's head was at, it it you start getting this really weird thing where I don't understand like why they didn't test certain things and why they overlook certain things that I think were very important. Like for one, the one thing, another thing that bothers me, Sophie is the blood that was on the, the edge of the recliner, like that circular, mm-hmm. you know, there was a big blood stain there that was never tested. And right. I'm thinking, and there was nobody around it. I'm like, okay, like there, you know, not, there was nothing there that would cause that directly, but it was there. Why wasn't it tested to find out who it was? Why wasn't there certain blood drops tested that were, uh, in other room, I don't. I just don't understand how they, why they didn't test these things. I, it's strange to me. It really is. They took almost fifty samples from that crime scene and only tested sixteen, I believe. Wow, that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, sixteen. Yeah. That doesn't, yeah. yeah. And some of the things they you think I would have tested the recliner for sure, and yes, I would have been like, okay, with something like why did the like what is going on here? And the and I for me another big thing too is the lack of blood as you as you talk about a lot. Catherine talks about too a lot the lack of blood on and uh, blood high velocity blood splatter too. I would think that. Like uh, just how clean the couch is and stuff. There, it's like, and if and I said that to my vet too. I said, okay, if this dog is eating these bodies, like you say, he's gonna get blood all over him. Obviously, if he's walking through blood, he's gonna have blood all over his paws. It's gonna be tramped all over the house. I know what a I know what a dog can do when they go outside in rainy weather with a bit of mud, and mm-hmm. they come in and they run around my house. There's mud everywhere. <laughs> like oh, yeah. it's on the couch and if they jump on it it's everywhere and there's not you don't see that there so I yeah there's there's weird. no bloody paw prints at all none <laughs> and in regards to the couch in the living room Camille's body was laying right there by the couch in the corner of the right hand corner and uh, there's no blood mm-hmm. so those girls did not Actually, none of them died on that carpet, right? Because well, some people are thinking no, no blood, right? Blood. And a lot of people are saying that they might not have even been murdered there in the house, in yeah. the house and they were brought in. I and that I, I can I can I can kind of argue that one too. I my argument with that would be it would be I don't know how you could get away with bringing them in without being noticed, mm-hmm. but. If I'm being honest, I mean, my neighbors could be bringing, doing things in the middle of the night um, where I live, and I would never know. I mean, how much yeah. do you really sit there and stare at your neighbor's house? Like, I mean, if they were, if you're being honest, I wouldn't know if my neighbors were bringing things in at three in the morning, to be honest. I don't watch. <laughs> so, we I, have a camera a, at our for, 
at her front door. But if they came in through the garage, I would never even know. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, we need to let the listeners know that the backslider was cracked open um, about a fourth of an inch. It was not locked. It was open. And so somebody could have been coming in and out at any time. Right. And nobody would have known. And some people will say that, well, no, there's no evidence of a break and enter. And I like the way you say, well, there doesn't need to be evidence of a break and enter if the door is open. Correct. <laughs> or if they Correct. got let in, if somebody they knew, if they let them in, of course there wouldn't be any sign of a break and enter. And I think that door ajar at that patio door, that, you know, that's weird to me. That's another thing that's really strange that I've always wondered. Yeah, it's a huge red flag. Yeah, and there, there's so many in this, guys. I mean, like I said, my my hour's winding down, guys. I hope you guys can definitely take the time. Check out the movie, A Grey State. Um, and where was that, Sophia, that they can watch it again? They can watch it on Discovery Plus, or there's a website called BitChute. Okay. And that one is free, but you have to search for it. And a lot of the time when you're searching... Gray State, The Rise, which is the documentary that David was working on, shows up. Great. Okay. So, and then, right. We have Greg's website, which is called The Gray Stage, and that is at thegraystage.wordpress.com. Okay. Uh, You can get his book. You can download his book for free uh, there. We have all the podcasts on there. And all the documents. Perfect. And then you can and, also don't forget you can go on YouTube, find Greg uh, the Gray State, the Gray Stage on YouTube for Greg's videos. And then there's also Catherine Michelle with one L for Michelle, mm-hmm. and she's got tons going on there of going through the evidence. And then you're even doing some work with her now, where you guys are starting to do some uh, presentations showing different Correct. things. So yeah, that's amazing. I want to thank you, Sophia. I wish I had more time to talk. And uh, because it's such an interesting case, and I hope people actually do take the time to look into it, because I think you're going to see like we're kind of where we are, more questions than answers. At least for me, there definitely was. So, definitely. Oh, you're very welcome. Oh, you're very welcome, Sophia. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you guys for listening, and I will definitely see you guys back Monday. Have a great weekend and stay safe, guys. Thanks for listening. Barbara Jean Lindsay, the Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a simple majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more... Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. Just a flesh wound. I don't believe I'm seeing such a display of courage, skill, nerve, grace, and stupidity. I'll do you for that. Oh, what? Come here. What are you going to do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible. You're a loony. The Black Knight's always triumph. Roundtable Live, Monday through Friday, 1 a.m. till 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Bring your mind, bring your ideas, bring your voice. King Arthur had nothing on us. 
here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. Even the government admits that 9-11 was a conspiracy. But did you know that it was an inside job, that Osama had nothing to do with it? That the Twin Towers were blown apart by a sophisticated arrangement of mini or micro nukes? That Building 7 collapsed seven hours later because of explosives planted in the building? Barry Jennings was there. He heard them go off and... George Orwell once said that in a time of deceit, Telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Oh, how those words were only whispered when he first said it. But it's a trumpet blaring through a megaphone today. So are you ready to take a journey down a labyrinth of twists, turns, and dead ends as we seek out Wonderland? Join me every weekend for investigative live streams at twitch.tv backslash strangeinvestigations. Interested in more organized and detailed content about the hard truths of the world? Then check out my content on YouTube by searching out William Rail or Strange Investigations. On Rumble, BitChute, and Odyssey by searching Strange Investigations. Lastly, the quick and easily digestible content is more your speed. You just can't get enough of my content. Check out my content on TikTok at Strange Investigations 1.